terror has struck the heart of England yet again. It hasn't been a good year for our friends in England. We're going to have to go over that. Donald Trump pulls out of the Paris Climate Agreement. And I think we should ditch the phrase pull out of uh, for political stuff because it just sounds naughty. And Megyn Kelly conducted and oversaw a panel that included Vladimir. So we're going to go over that a little bit too. So get ready, tighten your seatbelts. It's a whole nother week, which is the wrong phrase to use. But it's a whole nother week because this is FritzCast. Friendly shout out to bensound.com for providing such great, wonderful music for free to use for projects and podcasts and things of that nature. Bensound.com for all your sound needs. Uh, many a theme has come from Bensound for me. And uh, also shout out to my WordPress website, the blog fritzcast.wordpress.com. Read it if you ain't. Why? Because you probably missed my poem on Kofefi. If you don't know what Kofefi is, Donald Trump uh, sent a tweet out at 12 a.m. in the morning uh, within the past week. I forget what day it was, and I don't really think it matters. Uh, But he sent out a tweet that said, despite the lying media, Kofefe. And that's how it was spelled C-O-V-F-E-F-E, Kofefe. And the Internet blew up and took off with it. Hence, blog post about it. Because it was also in the midst of Kathy Griffin posting odd pictures of her holding a decapitated head of Donald Trump. Kathy Griffin's not funny. Like, do we even have to talk about that? I I would hope not. I would hope that nobody would want to talk about Kathy Griffin and Donald Trump's, an effigy of Donald Trump's bloodied severed head. Uh, Because severed heads really aren't funny. I explained that in, in the blog post. I mean, I'm not being, like, dead serious about it, but I mean, even... Even, like, super fun, like, decapitations, it's hard to pull off funny with decapitations. Weird Al did it in that song, the, uh, his, his, what was it? Constipated. The parody of Avril Lavigne's Complicated. He, he pulled off a brilliant decapitation joke in a song, and it was perfect, it worked. But, Kathy Griffin, first off, you have to be funny. To do stuff. And I don't know where people think Kathy Griffin's funny. But that's beside the point. If you want to read the poem. It's on fritzcast.wordpress.com. Go read it. Because I'm not in the poem recitation. Well, or am I? You know what? Screw it. Let's open the show. With a poem. And the title of this poem is. Kofefe. So here we go. Kofefe. Long live. Kofefe, whatever it may be. A strong drink, perhaps? No. That would be coffee. Kofefe. It's a Russian term, I hear. The red stare again? No. That would be to interfere. Kofefe. It's a Kathy Griffin skit. Of course, she took that picture, and now her world is shit. You might want to watch your ears. Kofefe. Hashtag and brand it. Put it on t-shirts. Make out like a bandit. 
Kofefe. Obama never said it. If he did, though, I wonder if he would regret it. Kofefe. Like a Tootsie Pop blow. How many licks to the center? The world may never know. Original copyrighted work by yours truly, Fritz of Fritzcast. I'll be here all week. There's a there's a substantial blog post after all that poem. You probably only wanted the poem. I just took away potential readers. Great. Fritzcast.wordpress.com. So, I hope everybody had a good week. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to do the same thing that we do every episode. Before we dive into the news and the serious talk and all that, I hope everybody had a good week last week. Mine's been a little hectic uh, because I've had training in the mix. Not conducting training, getting training. Uh, something that, uh, as of late, seems rather impossible with the Department of Corrections. I didn't say that. I uh, Stop putting words in my mouth. I had a training for a refresher, quick response team, riot formations, yada, 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 yada. That type of thing. That's what I had. An SCBA, you know, self-contained breathing apparatus training. Which, by the way, for anybody saying that you can't have facial hair and get a seal on a mask, I call bullcrap. I don't shave. I, I'm not I'm not a shaver. I keep a beard because if you looked at me, if you ever saw me, I am a distant relative of Sasquatch and or King Kong. Uh, your choice. Either one. I am a distant cousin of one of those two. Probably both. Um, I'm very hairy is the point. Yes. Hairy. Hairy man. And... What's really funny is that I shaved my head because uh, my hair, right when I turned 21, so that was well, seven years ago, it just like up and started receding on me, and I hated it. And I knew it was common because uh, both my brothers, no offense, punk, and I don't want to give out people's first names. I don't like throwing people under the bus with... Uh, with names, whether they're family or friends, with, with with names that people can immediately attach to him. So we'll just call him the older one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the older one. I'm gonna pay for this eventually. Maybe, not really. I'm young. I'm the youngest of the family. I will always win at the end of the day because I will always be able to walk in the room and call everybody an old fart. Both my brothers, uh, you know balding uh, and growing up I always said that's not going to be me Mm-mm. I'm not gonna, I'm going to be the one that breaks that chain and there was you know the odds were against me from the beginning like super against me so when I started receding and I started receding from the front back and I kind of have the little Jew cap in the back too I don't not to disparage Jews or anything I have the little yarmulke like patch on the back of my head after that started happening I was like I'm not going to no I can't do this hair on my head uh -uh, doesn't work I'm not going to support and I'm not going to like hold out either so I said screw it I'll be that 20 some year old guy that shaves his head bald and I do it and I look good doing it thank thank you God score one for God Uh, my head is perfect for it so it works out and I don't care. And I totally forget where I was going with this. I had to go back and listen. Right, right. We were talking about SCBAs getting a seal on a gas mask. So anyway, 
facial hair. Have it. Um, I don't have it to be some stupid little hipster. Uh, I, I literally have it because that's probably the only hair I have control over is my facial hair. And if I shave it off, I look like a giant freaking, well, for lack of, I look like a hairy freaking baby. That's what I, that's, that's what I would look like. I have a big baby face. I don't think that blends well, uh, with me at all. And so I grow a beard. I, for the longest time I grew a goatee. And now I look at goatees and I'm like, that's stupid. Why the hell did I ever, who the hell does goatees? No offense to you goatee wearers out there. It's just abhorrent. That's that's all it is. So I, I had that going on. And then like Monday and Tuesdays are my days off. Except this week. Now I shouldn't complain about this. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I have a three-day course for transitioning to the 40 caliber handguns. Now, some of you out there who are into guns and all that might be like, how are you guys, wait, transitioning? Yeah, the Department of Corrections here in Delaware was on 38 qualifications. Yeah, 38. We had freaking revolvers. Wild West up in this house. And they won't give you two. They only issue you one. If you're on a duty post that requires you to be armed, they just give you one. They don't give you two, so it's not like being cool Wild West. It's like being dorky sheriff, you know, of a small town Wild West. That's what we were on, archaic 38 revolvers, because, you know, it's easy to teach people to shoot on that. And, you know, just part of the fallacies of the Department of Corrections, which I'm getting ready to do a big blog post. They just released a 54-page investigation the independent investigation that uh, Governor John Carney called for after the uh, February 1st uh, prison siege of James T. Vaughn Correctional, uh, a couple of judges were appointed to do an independent investigation to figure out the causes of it, and much probably to to Governor John Carney and all those involved higher up, uh, much to their dismay, the report reads exactly what the 2005 report read after a counselor was taken hostage and raped. So it's not looking good for the higher-ups of Delaware. But I'll dive into that in a blog post. Uh, Because now is the time for them to take action. If they don't take any action, among my correction actions that I would suggest need to be taken in, severe criminal justice reform to clean out the prison system of nonviolent drug crimes. I think they're a waste of space in a prison. I think I should be looking over people who truly violated other people's rights, uh, whether that be their life, their liberty, uh, their property, if they interfered with their with other people's constitutional rights, then absolutely, you're a criminal and you, you deserve some sort of punishment. Um, and that's not to st- notwithstanding... There are plenty of child sexual crimes in the prison that I work, uh, as well as murders, as well as rapes, as well as strong-armed robberies. Uh, In fact, a lot of the ones in my prison aren't nonviolent drug crimes. So, when libertarians throw that one out there, this is a a striking argument that that pops up between me and other libertarians, because... You, of course, have your super diehard libertarians that say, I can't possibly be a libertarian because I have a government job. But my government job 
like it or not, especially if you like defending other people's life, liberty, and property, well, there's lots of crimes that can go against other people's life, property, and liberty. So there. I'm going to have a big blog post on that. But So, long story short, because I'm ranting again, uh, we're transitioning from 38 caliber to 40 caliber. Uh, I've shot 40 caliber. That's that's. I have a Glock 40 caliber, a Glock 22 Gen 4. I've only, before the department, I only ever shot 40. Whilst in the department, I've only ever shot 40. It's not like I grabbed a revolver to practice 38. It's a revolver. If you can't shoot a revolver, you probably shouldn't be allowed to touch a gun. So I'm kind of complaining because I've lost a day off, but at the same token, how can I really complain about three days that are blocked to one day will be a classroom day working with the uh, M&P40s, I believe is what they are. Uh, so one day is going to be going over all the all the parts and, and handling of the gun. And then two days is going to be shooting and qualifying. So do I really have a right to complain? No. I, I No, I don't. So I won't. But it's just that I have like short weeks now. It's like a jumble of stuff and summertime's coming in. Uh, I think me and the missus are going with Jay Sean and Luther to some carnivals in the coming days. The local, you know, Catholic carnivals that is that a thing? That don't tell me that's just an East Coast thing. So we're doing that. And speaking of Jay Sean and Luther, they had a, a wonderful his and her bridal shower, I want to say. Can it be a his and hers bridal shower? His and hers wedding shower. There you go. They had that over the weekend, so that was a fun thing to do. There was a party game involving, you know, bead necklaces, and I ended up with the most. I don't want to tell you what I had to do to get them. Uh, It was not saying two words, which I'm not going to say during this podcast, in case Jay Sean listens. I have yet to say those words since your party, pal. So, boom. And after I wrap up the podcast today, I think it's going to be a day to hit up the bike and go biking for an hour or so. So that'll be fun. And I think Glenn Beck and the Blaze crew comes back this week. If not, they come back next week. So I'll have to tune in and see if they're back on. I've been tuning in in and out over the past week with Doc Thompson and all that. So still been getting a little bit of a podcast fill, but I've also been enjoying a little bit of a break, if you know what I mean. Breaks are good. And the last note that I have to bring up before we dive into our subjects this week, uh, you might notice new graphics up on the Twitter. Uh, on on the post for this episode, I, I did, mocked up new stickers for, hey, new podcast episode, and just, you know, I like changing things up a bit. I don't like sticking with just one thing. Other than the main podcast logo, that's been up since I changed it around from the first time. So that one will probably be around for a while. But the banner graphics and, like, banners to catch your attention for new episodes and new blog posts and all that, I'm working up and mocking up graphics on that because I get bored and I go on to websites like Fotor and I Photoshop all day long. Why not? It's fun. On to the news now. You'll recall I talked about a blog post I did after the Manchester attack, uh, something in which Glenn Beck had stated that that was targeted at the children, uh, which I do do believe there's some credence to that. 
Britain, Great Britain, again, uh, fell at the hands of, of evil men, evil plots, and uh, reigns of terror. Again, uh, this is the, not the first, not the second, but the third such time in 2017 that England has fallen under the hands of some very radical people. This is, as we all know, the third terrorist attack Britain has experienced in the last three months. In March, a similar attack took place just around the corner on Westminster Bridge. Two weeks ago, the Manchester Arena was attacked by a suicide bomber. And now London has been struck once more. And at the same time, the security and intelligence agencies and police have disrupted five credible plots since the Westminster attack in March. In terms of their planning and execution, the recent attacks are not connected. But we believe we are experiencing a new trend in the threat we face, as terrorism breeds terrorism, and perpetrators are inspired to attack, not only on the basis of carefully constructed plots after years of planning and training, and not even as lone attackers radicalized online, but by copying one another and often using the crudest of means of attack. We cannot and must not pretend that things can continue as they are. Things need to change, and they need to change in four important ways. First, while the recent attacks are not connected by common networks, they are connected in one important sense. They are bound together by the single evil ideology of Islamist extremism that preaches hatred, sows division, and promotes sectarianism. It is an ideology that claims our Western values of freedom, democracy, and human rights are incompatible with the religion of Islam. It is an ideology that is a perversion of Islam and a perversion of the truth. Defeating this ideology is one of the great challenges of our time, but it cannot be defeated through military intervention alone. It will not be defeated through the maintenance of a permanent defensive counter-terrorism operation, however skillful its leaders and practitioners. It will only be defeated when we turn people's minds away from this violence and make them understand that our values, pluralistic British values, are superior to anything offered by the preachers and supporters of hate. I think there's some vast understatements in that statement from British Prime Minister Theresa May. You know, it should be noted that uh, they are on the brink of a special election I believe it's uh I believe it's this week. In fact, yes, I'm reading news reports about uh it's supposed to take place on Thursday, which is June 8th, I do believe. Today. You know, I didn't open with today's date, but you know, yeah, it's Monday, June 5th, so 6th, 7th, 8th. Yes, Thursday. Thursday, June 8th is the British special election, which right now it's speculated that Theresa May will uh, retain her status as prime minister. It is, uh, it's horrible though, 
that yet again here here I am and here we all are talking about terrorism in Great Britain. Uh, three terrorist attacks this year. Three terrorist attacks this year in Great Britain. The first was March 22nd, 2017, the Westminster attack where a 52-year-old British man, Borton Kent, drove a car into pedestrians in the Westminster Bridge before crashing the vehicle into the Palace of Westminster's perimeter, then entered the grounds of the palace, meeting the meeting place of the House of Parliament, before being confronted by a police officer whom he fatally stabbed before before being shot himself. Six, including the perpetrator and the officer, were killed in the incident, and 49 people were injured. Obviously, an act of terrorism that was found to be motivated by Islamist extremism. Then we have the Manchester Arena bombing just a couple of weeks ago that killed 22 many teenagers and children and injuring 120 And now this one, seven people confirmed dead, 48 injured, most of whom are still in critical state across the hospitals. Uh, In this case, it was a white van driving at high speed across London Bridge, running into groups of people and then crashed. The occupants then ran loose by Borough Market where they stabbed many people. Uh, Three individuals occupied that van. All three of them were shot dead by police just eight minutes after the incident was reported. All three were wearing what appeared to be fake suicide bomb vests. The police shot and killed those men dead. Uh, The reports say that it was an unprecedented amount of bullets. Here's the thing. If you have these radical ideologists, and notice... I don't say it's all Islam. I don't blame it on the entire Muslim population. If the entire Muslim population was out for jihad and to get us all, I believe they're a religion of close to, like, a billion people, isn't it? If they're out to to, to sweep the world over, they're not very efficient at it. If it's all of them, if all of them are supposed to be in on the on the on the gig, then it, it's terrible coordination. I don't like blaming entire groups of people, because that's you know that's wrong. Um, that's like saying the KKK doing stuff, and you know the KKK is exclusively you know uh, membership of white people, and if somebody was pointing at me being a white person saying that I automatically hate any other race or creed other than my own. Uh, you know, I don't want that on me. I don't want to put that on somebody else. So I don't blame the entirety of a religion on this. I think that there are plenty of peaceful Muslims in the world. Uh, plenty of peaceful people practicing Islam. That being said, I also don't fret from saying the words Islamists and Islamists' extremism. Because there is a a branch, a break-off, a wave that 
is committed to acts of terror and attacking westernized cultures for citing reasons in in their for citing and perverting scripture passages thinking that they're doing God's work uh, some of them trying to claim that it's for sins of the past and I there's nothing worse that I hate than people using history and trying to justify any sort of cause. Uh, history is a great thing to go back and learn from. However, you have to also realize that when you're looking at history, a lot of the stuff, you know, we, we can talk... One of the things I hate that you'll see online people arguing about, and these things get politicized almost instantaneously. These things get politicized before blood has even been cleaned off of the streets. Before the dead have even been given the dignity of a burial. They are politicized. And I hate it. I hate I hate that. Can we first and foremost take a look at the tragic loss of human life? Number one. Tragic loss of human life. Nobody should have to be subject to being killed by any individual or group over uh, over ideology over religious ideologies or religiously motivated ideologies okay there, there's nothing that makes less sense than killing in the name of god it is really rather asinine if there be a God, I would think that God would be love. And if there be a God that calls for just the, the mass killing of people for not falling in line with him, that's scary. That's not a God that has earned the respect or, or earned the prayers or earned the, the support or... Earned the or earned the, the the devotion. That's a God that has forced the devotion. That's fear. I think that those are all things that are contrary to an idea of God. It's just the way that I see things. It's just sad that. People are so motivated and so devoted to an idea that they would randomly pick strangers and plow cars into them and dig knives into them and rip bullets through them and do so without remorse. And I've always said that as a person. Here I am in America. Here I am with a firearm. If somebody was coming at me with the potential to take my life, would I hesitate in pulling a trigger? I don't think I would, because if you think you would, you're probably as good as dead. In terms of keeping myself alive... 
an attack coming my way, I will do whatever is necessary to stay alive. Because I don't know what lies in the great beyond, and quite frankly, I don't know if I'll ever be ready to figure it out or find out. So until then, I will defend myself to the last breath. That's not saying that afterwards I won't be horribly affected by it, because guess what? I will. I don't think anybody can just easily kill a man or kill a person without having that conscious impact of what you just of what you just did whether or not it was you know in my case in the case that I'm trying to state I'm I'm making a case for something completely justifiable I don't get radical ideologies like that. I, 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 I can't wrap my brain around why anybody would think it was okay, why anybody would think God would want them to do such a thing. Or how you would think you can do such things without facing such severe condemnation. And I, I believe in that clip from Theresa May. You heard the words better than any, and, and I believe I stated it in one of my blog posts. Fighting terrorism is the toughest battle that I think humanity will, will ever face. It is a tough battle, because how do you stop these little break-off you know, ideologies? Yes, at the end of the day, here's the thing. There, there's large numbers of these people. It's not small, it's not just a few or a handful or whatever. There, There is a fair amount of people who are willing to do it. And like I said, people rush to politicize it. Some of the stupidest things I've seen on Twitter is people talking about how Trump souped up the ideology. That was my phone, by the way. But people are rushing to Twitter and talking about how Trump's rhetoric is, is beefing up the attacks, which... You know, Trump could say nothing. It do, it doesn't matter. You know, do you think if Theresa May didn't make the statement that she just made on it, that somehow, some way, there wouldn't be another attack to come? It, you just can't join hands together in a circle and show that you know, hey, we're still here and we still love, and expect and expect that they're gonna want, they're gonna go. Oh, you know what? I want to join the circle and hold hands too. No. That, that's not how that works against that type of cancerous ideal. Okay, the name of the game is that whether you're holding cir- whether you're holding hands in a giant circle and loving life or not, they hate you. And it might be for quote sins of the past, which you can't hold on people. And that's part of the reason why I have the beliefs and ideals I have when it comes to foreign policy and and how to handle other nations and how you associate with other nations because some things just simply 
are in our business. I mean, we have a Syrian conflict that's been ongoing for quite a while that more or less, you could say, was created by foreign interventions and government buildings and regime changes and so many other things. The world and humanity, I think, will always have some kind of divisions. And that's fine. How often have we talked about diversity and how diversity is important? It's important to have your own sovereignty, your own culture. It's important to be different. But terrorism... That's the world's... That's that's humanity's... Next biggest, well, not next biggest, current challenge, and it's not an easy one, to say the least. It's not an easy one. So my thoughts and prayers, as always after these things, they go to brothers and sisters in England. But, you know, thoughts and prayers isn't going to solve the issue, and holding concerts uh, to show unity... While that's a good thing, and it's a good thing to promote it, isn't going to solve the issue either. Uh, because it's at this point, it seems like it's only a matter of time before something else happens in Britain again. We have a pattern of events in 2017 for Great Britain. A pattern. What's happening next? Food for thought. Donald Trump made the headlines besides the Kofefi thing because and speaking of I think I need to I might need to take a break in a minute and get a cup of Kofefe uh to keep up with everything. But Donald Trump uh made waves pulling the US withdrawing let's pulling out of withdrawing from the US Paris climate agreement. Uh, Trump decides to to withdraw the U.S. from the Paris Climate Agreement. Now, there's some some things that uh, there's some things that uh, you, you gotta get ready for me to try to waltz through. Okay, climate change. It's a big thing. Uh, people say 97 percent of scientists all agree that uh, it's man-made. Uh, those numbers are. Uh, that statistic is used, uh, but it's misused and abused, and you can look that up on Politico and all that. It's kind of stretched. If, if I may, just a, a quick clip from my friend Stephen Crowder. Donald Trump wants to pull out of the Paris Climate Accord. So this is something that everybody is talking about right now. Um, good. <laughs> I'm all for it. And I'm all. I just. It's one of those issues where I've uh, had a rough couple of weeks. I have no problem praising Donald Trump for wanting to pull out of it. Now, by the way, I was I was in Cancun uh, when there was a climate summit back then. It was the Kyoto Protocol. For people who don't know what this accord exactly is, it used to be the Kyoto Protocol. It was that for many, many, many years. In Cancun, I remember seeing Ted Turner go up and advocate for China's one-child policy. Uh, Classic. And, and people wanting to put tariffs and taxes on energy. So. 
This, the Paris Climate Accord, was adopted by consensus in December 2015, signed April 2016, and uh, went into effect in November 2016. So it's been about a year. And pretty new. Yeah, it's pretty new. And President Donald Trump has said, you know what? No, I don't think it's fair to the United States, and uh, I want to pull out. Now, people will say you're a climate change denier. That's not necessarily the case. A lot of people w will present this argument, and I understand it. They say, listen, if climate change, though, if it is, if it is real, and if it is catastrophic and imminent, don't we have to do something? Why wouldn't you do something? Okay, well, let me give you a few arguments as to why we wouldn't do this thing. This proposal would create an average shortfall of nearly 400,000 jobs in the United States. That's over 200,000 manufacturing jobs. An income loss of more than $20,000 annually over the course of this proposal for a family of four. GDP loss of the United States for up to $2.5 trillion. An increase in household energy expenditures by 13 to 20%. So this also disproportionately asks Americans to curb and pay for the world's carbon emissions. Uh, specifically, it asks for Americans. America, India, and China are the ones that they claim are the biggest you know, carbon emitters. Uh, but then if you look at the list of people who've pledged the most amount, um, the United States, right at the top. China, nowhere on that <laughs> list. None. Yeah, I'll get right on that. You expect <laughs> these other third world countries who have no EPAs, they couldn't care less about environmental regulations to play on an even playing field alongside the United States. So what ends up happening? It ends up hurting the United States economy. And as with everything else, we're the world's greatest peacekeeping force. We're the world's greatest humanitarian force. They want us to foot the bill for everybody else's carbon emissions. And here's what's so, t so, so telling. There is almost a direct correlation between carbon emissions and advancement in technology and innovation. And thank God for the United States and their advancement in innovation. And this bill would disproportionately harm the American populace. It's the term globalist has been thrown around so flippantly it's lost all meaning. This is a globalist bill with other foreign governments having the right to mandate to create sanctions and tell Americans what they can and can't do with their economy, with their energy. This bill is basically asking the United States economy to just bend over and take it. Now, that's just a different perspective for you. I'm not saying I fully agree with Steven Crowder. I'm just giving you a difference of opinion. Now, here's my opinion on the whole climate change thing. Okay, look, yes, climate's changing. Yes, human humanity might may play an influence in on it. It's hard to determine because recorded weather history and climate history has a very, very how how old is the earth? Billions of years, four billion years, some some somewhere in the billions. And weather and climate has only actually been able to statistically be tracked for a very, very eh, small window of time. I think we should always take innovative steps towards uh, anything. Anything. You can always improve things. We've definitely improve, improved vehicle emissions, uh, gas consumption. You know, fuel economy on cars now is way miles better than it has ever been. You can go out and buy a car that can get 30 miles to the gallon. That's an SUV, all-wheel drive, back in the 90s and the 80s. That was impossible. Okay, Kia just released a car not too long ago, the uh, Nero which is a like a CUV, a crossover utility vehicle, so it's not quite a full sports utility vehicle, but it's also not the size of a smaller hatchback. It's kind of in-betweener. It gets 
roughly from all the reviews that I've been reading from multiple sources that have had the car for weeks on end and been testing it, they're all averaging like between 40 and 45 miles to the gallon compared to the advertised 50 miles to the gallon. It's a hybrid vehicle that runs on gas and electricity, and it outperforms things like Toyota's Prius. Uh, it puts the Prius to shame. It's the, anti, it's the anti-Prius, as they say. Uh, it's actually a car I'm interested in. My wife wants to kill me because I keep bringing it up because I think it's about time to uh, get the soul paid off and boot it to the curb, except I have a couple thousand dollars left on it, so that's not happening anytime soon. But that, that's just an example, okay? I have solar panels on my roof. You know why I put solar panels on my roof? Because Delmarva Power sucks. It's pretty much a monopoly in this area. And every once in a while, people come on my door and knock. And there are other power companies from other states that are offering me power at lower rates because Delmarva buys power from them. And power and electricity is a weird thing. If you're into the climate change and you're driving a car and you're using a cell phone and you have 9 million electronic appliances in your house, I hope you realize you're contributing to the problem, uh, so to speak, right? Because all of that stuff uses dirty, dirty energy, dirty electricity got by dirty means. I hope you realize that. I mean, there's probably some hardcore people out there who have sacrificed that stuff out of their life because they're committed to the cause. Most people just... Scream and yell and hoot and holler about it. something needs to be done, but they haven't changed their lifestyle at all over it. Okay. Now, I have solar panels on my roof. That's been working out okay for me. Uh, like, in the wintertime, it sucks. It doesn't nearly produce even a quarter of what I need. Uh, now that I'm in the summertime, or rather, it's not even summertime, but it's springtime, and there's about 14 hours of daylight right now as we speak, uh, I'm overproducing. And it's because I don't have my air conditioner on and things like that. So uh, some days I'm going to bed at night and looking at my little power production consumption on my Solar City app. And I'm like 300% over, which is great. It's making up for all that time in the, in the wintertime that I was way under. Way under. Um, it's not efficient during the winter months. During the summer months, it's over-efficient. Uh, you know, it's just how it is. I'm sure in Arizona, it's probably efficient year-round. Uh, it's great. Uh, same thing with wind energy. Uh, I've done the research on this. Uh, the the amount of power that the United States consumes, we're not talking about whether it's a need. If we talk about need power consumption, you're knocking things out like TV, video games, your computer. Uh, you know, those are not necessities. Those are just things that we, you know, first world problems, you know, that type of thing. I think innovation and finding new energies and renewable energies and moving away from the carbon and, and the other, you know, pollutants, so to speak, I think moving away from them is a good thing. Absolutely. Do I think that uh, pulling out of the Paris Agreement is a bad idea? Uh, that That's debatable. That is a completely debatable thing. That really boils down to how is the world coming together with it? Who's responsible for what? Who's enforcing what? Who is overseeing what? And how is it affecting everybody? And, and, is what you're doing actually going to be effective? Now, I've heard different numbers, and I've heard that uh, that these are supposed to cut down global warming by tiny fractions of a degree. And... 
I, I get the emotional ties and the emotional arguments of this is our planet. This is the only planet we got. Let's keep the planet clean. We've been screwing it up. We've been polluting it. We've been, you know, yeah, you know. I get those sides of the argument. I, I get them. The other thing, the, 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 the flip side of the coin that I think everybody needs to take a look at, and I mean, it ju- just to be objective and just to, I mean, this isn't even argument for this, this isn't an argument for the sake of argument, but you have to look at all facets of, of everything that you're talking about. So we have, uh, you know, we have potential global, global warming and all that, uh, and climate change, and how to, in effect, reverse it and put us on good ground. Uh, the world, that is. You can generate a lot of buzz, you can generate a lot of scare. And the other thing is that in this whole new green industry, especially if we're pushing everybody to flip to this industry, I mean, I'm just presenting the idea that there is money that lies in that. There is money to be had over... The green energy thing. There's money to be had. If look, I have Solar City panels on my roof. I've been enjoying the benefits of paying Solar City for my power consumption, which, if you think about it, is kind of a scheme, um, because the panels and the system itself are all doing the work on its own. That just works. Uh, I pay a per kilowatt hour price to Solar City instead of Delmarva now. And the power that I'm producing, I'm using, and it's great, right? I'm using, I'm using green energy, and I'm producing energy. And and because you can't go off the grid, and just in case anybody out there was thinking that you could buy solar panels and be off of the grid and be an independent, you know, no, that cannot happen because of government uh, because of government regulations and the way the world works right now. You're not allowed to be off the grid. There's people who have been arrested for trying to be off the grid. Okay, there's people who have been arrested for building their own solar panels and trying to hook it up to their house because of codings and laws and other other things like that. So there's no getting off the grid. Wipe that out of your mind. You're still on the grid. I'm still on the grid. All my excess power flows back into the power lines and the power company, Delmarva, sells it. They have to check all that energy is in their you know banks and they have to push it out through the lines and sell it whatever I'm not using I get credited for it. it it's like a credit build up on my account oh he's so much over so all these times that he was under or in the future if he's under he has to eat, eat up these credits first before he pays us any money if I outright owned this system if I paid the $40,000 yes it's not cheap it's not cheap to get a system like this. That's why I did not buy it outright. I'm only 28 years old and I'm not <laughs> and I'm not a billionaire and I'm not a millionaire and I'm not even a hundred thousandaire. Okay? 
I could have bought the system for 31, 35, somewhere between 31 or 32 and 40,000 ish dollars. I have the paperwork around here somewhere to tell me exactly how much the system costs. If I had bought it outright, any of the power that it produced and I used would be, quote, free. But as I said, in the wintertime, it doesn't even scrape a quarter of what I need per month versus what I consume. Not even a quarter. So all the other power that I would need, I'd be buying from Delmarva. The bonus would be in the summertime when it overproduces, I would get money for that. It would have to be bought off of me for producing so much. Even if I had Tesla home batteries and was storing some of it, on the off on the offshoot chance that uh, the power goes out, I could have those Tesla home batteries and keep my home, at least my essential things, running for a while. In in terms of a power outage, uh, you know that's something that that I could do. But I've got these panels on my roof. I picked the power agreement option and I pay Solar City. Guess who got the credit? There's government credits. There's government incentives. Tax incentives, okay, that pretty much the government paying you, like, oh, hey, you went green, here's money. Um, Solar City and Vivint Solar and a bunch of these solar panel companies have plans like the one that I got where, guess what, you as a consumer, you're not going to get that tax credit. They're going to get it. So now they're getting money from you for your per kilowatt hour paying for it. They're getting money from you from that or from a solar lease. They're getting money from you, plus they're getting your tax incentive. They, they get it as the company for putting it up. What does that sound like to you? So if, there, if you don't think there's money to be had by companies and, and even countries in this whole green energy curb climate change, if you don't think there's, there's that there's money there, there's money there. I'm not saying that the cause isn't noble. I'm not saying that the cause isn't necessary. But I am saying that there is money there. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm bitterly of. So climate change, did I deny it? I did not. I did not deny it. Did I deny that it was man-made or caused? I did not. And did I say that we shouldn't do anything about it? No, I did not. But I'm telling you, be skeptical as shit about things. I think being skeptical is important about some of this stuff. Come on. I think it's more than okay to question and, and not say that we just made the dumbest decision by pulling out of a Paris Accord, okay? It's only been around for a year. That's going to do it for me for this week. Keep your eyes peeled on fritzcast.wordpress.com because more blog posts are coming. Check out the FritzCast Facebook page at facebook.com slash thefritzcast. I'm on Twitter at FritzQS. And as always, I love you, and I miss you all, and I'll see you all next week. Remember, like this, share this, comment on it. If you think I'm full of crap, go ahead and tell me. I'm just trying to figure some stuff out and be libertarian about it, okay? See ya. See ya.